There's something not right here. I feel cold. Death. Like grace. Be strong with the dark side of the force. A domain of evil it is. And you must go. What's in there? Only what you take with you. episode of the wisdom experience podcast and looking forward to today's conversation because it's on a topic that um i know that i've been wrestling with and playing with and utilizing and experiencing and living through uh, on a reoccurring basis so it seemed almost natural that it would end up on this podcast, the Wisdom Experience podcast, because we're talking about inner journeys, uh, inner wisdom, exploring uh, the intersection of myth and meaning. And what we're talking about today, which is the hero's journey, is laden with myths and stories and meaning uh, and all sorts of neat concepts that are tied up in um, this idea of the hero's journey. But before we get all into that, I'll check in with my co-host. How has your week been this week? It's been an absolutely amazing week. Um, like you, I'm obviously going on my own journey at the moment. And yeah, it's been a really full week in terms of a lot of uh, introverted insights, for want of a better term, as well as obviously living quite normally. And have we said hello to our new listeners and let them know who we are yet? No, you can say that. You've just done it. You just say hi. Go for <laughs> it. Yeah, so, hi, yeah. I'm Naomi. My co-host yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, so, that was your cue. Um, Clay. <laughs> Yeah, I think by now, if you don't know who I am, <laughs> it's too bad. Uh, <laughs> read the show notes. Um, so, yes, if we do have some new listeners, welcome everybody that's kind of new to uh, the podcast, the conversational podcast, and we explore uh, the inner journey and inner wisdom um, that we each have inside of us in, in that aspect. Um, so, yeah, so um, my week this week has been one of all sorts of journeys. So we started opening up this thing about the hero's journey. And of course, it kind of spins your mind uh, into that journey. And I started applying it to what I'm going through, what we're actually kind of going through on the podcast as well. I mean, we're on a uh, a hero's journey. And, and I'll just say straight up front, I mean, happy to substitute as you're speaking about this heroine's journey, if you like. I, so it's hero or heroine's journey. Um, speak whichever voice you'd like to um, use in that term. And I think we can uh, interchange that. And I know that you wanted to talk about the heroine's journey as, as I don't remember, who was the lady that you mentioned? Maureen, Maureen, and I, Maureen Murdoch. Right, so because she's, she's, she's crafted a heroine's journey based off of um, you know what you women kind of go through, <laughs> um, but we'll, we're going to deal with that in a in a separate episode. 
mm-hmm. as we're looking at the hero's journey now, hero heroine's journey, looking at the universal concept as it applies to human beings, regardless of gender. Um, and so as you know, as I was reflecting on this podcast, as I was reflecting on where I'm wanting to evolve to next or where I'm at in my greater journey, um, it, this topic has come around just in time for me. Um, I don't know, what was your experience about the hero's journey um, as we introduced the topic last week and you started exploring it? Did you have any particular insights? Well, yes, um, I I did in that I kind of suddenly realised and remembered and I must have come across the hero's journey. In fact, I have because I think I've read a book many years ago. I think it was Robert Diltz. Um, and so I understand broadly the concept. I understand kind of most people refer to it as the 12 steps, although if you look at Joseph Campbell's work, sometimes he has 17 Um, You can sort of narrow it down to four steps. So there's a lot that we can use in terms of understanding how we go through our experiences. Um, And yes, that through, essentially it threw me, um, and I don't mean it, it threw me off track. I mean, it kind of threw me into this, well, a bit like going down the rabbit hole without Alice and starting to really explore what's my current hero's journey and how is that playing out. Is that your birds Uh, in the background? Yeah. Outside your house? Yeah. Providing a nice soundtrack (laughs) to the podcast. I suppose we should, um, for those who aren't familiar with the hero's journey, just explain a little bit about um, its concept. Um, I'm sure it's a, a popular-ish term nowadays, but just for those who this is the first time you're coming across it, Hero's Journey um, is a concept that was, uh, I guess, developed or brought to light or solidified in its current form by a mythologist named Joseph Campbell, who wrote a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And essentially what he did in that book was to examine the myths that are common across all cultures. So all cultures from his research will have a creation story of some sort. So you've got Genesis uh, from a Christian point of view or Jewish point of view. Um, and, you know, pick your pick your society and they'll have a, a creation story. There'll be a birthing story, there'll be a death story. So if you think of the major kind of life cycles that human beings go through, he identified that um, in our origins, um, there is this universal mythology that we share. They got different names for the heroes, different names for their gods and goddesses, um, but the underlying stories are very similar across all these cultures, and from that he developed what he called the uh, the monomyth, um, and then that monomyth is broken down into what he's calling the hero's journey, which, as Naomi was explaining, um, depending on how you come to it, uh, it's got several components to it. From Joseph's book itself, there's he looks at it in sections. So there's this departure, there's the initiation, and there's a, the return. Um, and those mark the big blocks, and then within those blocks 
are other steps. And I think for the sake of uh, the podcast today, I'd like to look at the stages of the hero's journey um, as sort of popularized by um, a guy named Christopher Volger in relationship to writing and analyzing stories, because I think people will be able to relate to that because we're going to use examples from stories or movies and stories, I guess, um, to help illustrate some of it. In real life, actually, because I think in the way that I use this um, in other incarnations of myself has been as a um, as a personal development tool or coaching tool, um, as an experiential tool in that way. I'd also like to take a look at um, the the archetypes that show up in the hero's journey. Now, we've mentioned archetypes a few times, but there's several archetypes that are um, intertwined with the hero's journey. So does that sound about right? That sounds great to me. I hope that uh, everyone else is going to enjoy it as much as, as I am. And you just mentioned in terms of the stages there, um, I, I came across one or kind of summarised it really, and I would say really simply in a way, almost too simply, but this allowed me to start explaining it when I was talking with my sons and start to give them just a broad overview. Yeah. And essentially, you know, he calls it the hero's journey. Now, you know Campbell's work much more intimately than I do. To me, I've just translated hero as individual. So, you know, a person is the hero of their own life. Um, and actually picking up on what you were saying towards the beginning, you know, there's the feminine, there's the masculine. And um, I, I, I think we let's do a whole podcast around that because whilst I, in some respects society today is moving more towards kind of one pronoun so you know we used to have actors and actresses now we tend to refer to everybody as actors um so actually that's kind of a, a useful thing and then that picks up also on one of the podcasts that we recorded about what is femininity and what is masculinity so we'll definitely come back to that but back to my very very simple four stages so number one is essentially you realize that you're at the center of your world um, in some form or other and and it may not be a conscious realization the second stage is when you go on an adventure and I know that this obviously gets much more detailed in the 12 or more steps but you get called to an adventure off you go on your adventure the third step is you come to a decisive crisis and you emerge victorious. And I liked that because that was very much about, that shows you how much you've developed on your adventure. And then finally, in kind of the very simple fourth step, you come home changed and transformed. And I thought those kind of four steps where you're the hero, you go on an adventure, you have a decisive crisis, and then you come home, change and transformed. I thought, actually, that's a really simple way to get us moving, really. Yeah, well, I think that's that's what um, what you've just outlined there is how coaches and therapists have, I think, utilised the hero's journey in that sense. In those, as a, if you think about, yeah. 
And, and as I said, there's a tool that you can use for a variety of things. And I like those four things. And when we come back to talk about the sort of practical side of it, I think those are good ways to look at it and how do I apply it to my life. So if I just say, here are the stages of the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell, from his book, The Heroes of a Thousand uh, of Faces, A Hero of a Thousand a hero with a thousand faces. Mm-hmm. Um, the stages of the hero's journey are the ordinary world, the call to adventure, refusal of the call, uh, meeting the mentor, crossing the threshold, test allies, enemies, approach to the innermost cave, the ordeal, the reward, the road back, the resurrection, and return with the elixir. So those are the stages of the hero's journey. Now, how you see these play out. So let's just kind of take these in uh, each of their turn um, and, and go into a little bit more depth. Not a whole great bit, but just expand upon them a bit. So what happens in the ordinary world is kind of, uh, it's your everyday. And I'm kind of blending here uh, with what Joseph Campbell's book and also um, if you want another version of it, if you want to to look for a way of um, analyzing stories or analyzing your own story, as Naomi alluded to, we are all the hero of our own story. Um, it's a blend of the two of those. So the ordinary world, the ordinary world is you every day doing your thing as you've done it yesterday, as you probably end up doing it tomorrow. And that's just your ordinary world. It's what's going on around you now. So you always kind of meet the hero or the heroine in their ordinary world. If you watch any movie, you'll see it play itself out. Now, in prep for this, I asked Naomi to watch uh, The Matrix, but you could use Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or any movie, actually, because a lot of Hollywood screenwriters use this um, as a as a template for constructing stories. And if you just think back to your sort of movie that you've last watched, there's, you usually meet the hero or the heroine in their ordinary world. So... That's you getting to understand the character and what's going on in their world. In The Matrix, we meet uh, Neo is um, sat at his computer. Uh, We see that he's a hacker. Uh, He's fallen asleep at his computer and he's kind of, yeah, you you get a sense that he's just this nerd that lives on his own. (laughs) Um, uh, And he lives in a a kind of a, a world of computers. Um, so that's the ordinary world. And then something happens, what you've kind of alluded to, no, you alluded to further down about the crisis, but something jolts you out of your ordinary world. So this is where you get the call to the venture. So something happens. There's a knock at the door. Uh, you get a telegram from, you know, from someone you haven't heard from in ages. Uh, at work, they're telling you you're getting ready to get laid off. So something happens that disturbs your ordinary world. In essence, it's the precursor to change and that disturbing piece there. So that's 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 the setup. So this call to adventure, um, and what, that's what you'll hear. That's the herald coming and saying, Vroom, something's got to happen. Hey, we got to go in this story. If you think to... Lord of the Rings, Gandalf coming to the village, you know, and saying, hey, we've got to take this ring somewhere else. Um, in Matrix, we're looking at that one. Um, 
there's the, you know, Trinity comes on his computer and says, wake up, Neo, which is a great metaphor in itself, wake up. Mm -hmm. And there's a knock at the door. I mean, you can't get any more call to adventure than that. Um, it was like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> uh, you know, it's wake up, it's time to go. Um, and I'll just say this other thing, and then you need to sort of chime in here for a second, just to get your feel for what you thought about the hero's journey, seeing it played out in the Matrix in these first couple of steps. Um, part of the thing with the call to adventure is the hero doesn't always have to answer the call. They can refuse the call. Mm. Um, and the refusal of the call, if you're not ready, and you'll, and we'll talk some more about this, and maybe give an example from your world and things that you might have been going through right now where you've done that. So um, if I just link back to the Matrix real quick, the knock on the door, uh, Trinity has said, follow the white rabbit. Uh, Troy asks Neo, he says, you know, come with us to this nightclub, and Neo's like, no, 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 I got to work. So the call to adventure, he's refusing the call, but then he sees the right rabbit and answers the call the first time. Because if we go further on, you see he's had a couple of times to kind of refuse still. So anyway, that's that's the setup um, before we go, when we just get ready to start off on our adventure. So do you have any examples? Well, one, what are your thoughts from the uh, beginning bit of the Matrix, but probably more important for listeners maybe is, can you give us an example of where you felt what your ordinary world is like and when you received, whether it's something very recent or something that's happened um, in you know, the not too far away past, um, where you were invited to change something? Sure. Um, so just to say, and, and you touched on this, but um, I re-watched The Matrix last weekend because of everything that we've been talking about and doing and excuse me <clears throat> um it was really interesting i think it's the third time i've watched it so i watched the matrix when it first came out or close enough which is kind of 20 years ago and i just i didn't get it i didn't understand why everybody was raving about it i'm not into computers um and well, you know particularly well technology I, I basically I want to press a button and I want it to do what is I'm thinking in my head so this whole thing kind of left me cold and I was like oh well what are they doing this is pointless kind of and I I literally just didn't get it um I probably watched it again roughly 10 years ago and I started to appreciate it then although I couldn't tell you now what it was I was appreciating when I watched it um, and then, of course, I watched it this weekend and having the kind of the map of the hero's journey practically to hand as I was watching it just helped me understand so much and make so many links, not only in terms of what I was seeing on the film, but I was sat next to my 15 year old and obviously not obviously, but this was the first time he'd seen it. And it was brilliant, actually, to watch him. And I was kind of thinking about his life and where he's at as a 15-year-old watching this film for the first time and those really subtle messages that were coming through. So, you know, that The Ordinary World, you know, just for him to see, oh, there's a possibility of, oh, this is what it's like to live on your own. 
and my heart's kind of going, I hope he never lives in a room like that on his own. Um, but that call to adventure. And then the, the seeing of the white rabbit, which had kind of the seed had been sown, and then there was a white rabbit tattoo, and off Neo, the lead character, goes. So I was sort of sitting there watching it and, and as I say, thinking about my 15-year-old. Um, I think actually that's a great idea for you to to kind of make it really quite personal. And I know you're saying maybe about something more recent that's happened to me. I think at some point we should probably put the development of the story around the podcast, this podcast that we are creating through it. Um, but actually, I, I'm going to go further back. So the call to adventure for me, or should I say my second major call to adventure, uh, was probably when my eldest son was born because I was only six months pregnant. Now, certainly at the time, and frankly, for many years afterwards, there is no way I would say, oh, well, that was my hero's journey call to adventure, because that just didn't make, you know, it wouldn't have made any sense at the time. It was just a case of my ordinary world was thrown upside down. And there was no kind of opportunity in a way to, to refuse the call, which is step three, um, because frankly, you you know, I just got on with it. Now, what I now think looking back on it is, no, actually the call to adventure was not just kind of living through it and making the most of it, but it was it was the choice of how, how am I going to cope with an extremely premature baby? Um, you know, how am I going to cope with this change? And I, I mean, I went straight from the known world into the unknown world because we lived in hospitals for six months and you know, we were in six different hospitals in that time. Can I say, and this is interesting. And so two things I want to say, one is um, we go on heroes journeys all the time. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they're big, sometimes they're small, if you want to apply the concept. Um, But, and also to break those, um, those stages down, because I'm just listening to what you're saying. And, you know, the call to adventure, we think of adventure, adventure, actually just think of it as, you know, my ordinary world, something happens or inciting incident as um, uh, Robert McKee says, something happens that's shaking you out of your ordinary world. Mm-hmm. Now this refusal or answer, you're right, sometimes I think the hero doesn't have a choice to kind of thrust into it and they have to quickly trying to figure out their way, and we're going to move on to trials in a minute, um, how to navigate this. They're thrown across the threat, so they have a choice. Um, so they're either going to sink or swim or or die in, in that process. Um, and But they can refuse to call as, and I just won't move, and yeah, I can opt out and commit suicide or whatever. So there is the ultimate mm-hmm. refusal of the call. Um, and again, the answering, and I like your, your, your piece to my, my answer, your answering, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm thrusting it now. Uh, how am I going to deal with it? So choosing how you want to kind of, um, go, go through with it. So, yeah, so very distinct there, ordinary world, call to adventure, um, that you get the opportunity to refuse the call or answer the call. Once you answer the call, uh, a couple of things happen. And I don't know, um, it'd be great to do a, a episode on this book as well, um, The Alchemist. And one of the things Paolo Coelho says in there is that once you've, and he's talking about your destiny and your dream, but I think it works the same well way once you answer the call in the hero's journey, 
is that the universe will conspire to help you to be successful. There's no guarantee mm-hmm. but that you're going to be successful, but the universe conspires to help you. And then the, in the context of the hero's journey, that's your mentor. You meet the mentor who uh, mm-hmm. comes along. And the mentor usually takes the form of um, the wise old woman or the wise old man. Um and there's yeah, so that's you know, you'll get and this is a person that's who's been around a while, they've been through several heroes' journey, they know the ground you're about to get ready to walk, and their job as mentors are, and that's the definition kind of mentor, isn't it? Someone that's been there and now they're coming back to help you along your journey. Um, so that person shows up that's gonna help them. Um on this quest to get them in the best possible condition training space to be able to deal with what they know is coming up, uh, which is two things, which is one of my favorite that come into the threshold um, and in the test allies and true. So, and I think one of the roles that, you know, we play in real life society ish is that well, I've personally feel my, archetypical role I play is that of the mentor, the helper, um, helping people with their whatever journey um, that they are on. That seems to be um, a role that, I don't know if you want to call it destiny or fate or whatever kind of word like that, that seems to be a natural role that I kind of find myself being in quite often, more often than not um, in that. Mm. I, I tell you what, I would love to know, because obviously mine's very clear in terms of, uh, or, or one of one of my big ones is very clear, but what about you? What would you kind of overlay onto your hero's journey that you're... Well, yeah, share? like I said, I've got like tons of them. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> if I, I mean, if I take a, an easy, easy one, like coming here to uh, the UK, for instance, I mean, I'm American, um, and literally... Um, we, I was in a, well, basically I had the, well, I can, I'm just trying to think where I want to, where I can come into this story. Um, but basically when I got on an interview with this person, they say, you've got, can you be here on Saturday? Basically I had like three days to come to England. And then they said, can you upstake your whole life in two weeks? I only had two weeks to sell the house, sell all my goods, pack everything up to move to England. That's so when I got the call, it was a big call to adventures. Like, yeah, you can have the job, but can you be here in three days? Cause I had to do a training in London for over the weekend and then go home and pack up all your stuff in two weeks. And Ruth was already here cause she's British. So she was here on holiday um, with the kids. I used to come and stay like three months at a time, but I call, hey, how would you like to live in England permanently? But the, you know, it was, you know, and some people that would have stressed them completely out here. That was a big giant call to adventure was like, boom, do you, you got two weeks. What's your answer? Um, but I quickly kind of answered that call and it's like, okay, we'll see what, we'll see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Uh, in that but yeah i mean and so you know and, and there's you know that was probably a, a big one but there's you know there's loads this podcast for instance if you break it down on even t- tinier things i mean we've had you know i think we kind of mentioned this maybe last week even we were 
uh, the sort of prelude to this is, yeah, I mean, just something like, okay, do we start a new venture together? Um, our ordinary world would be neither one of us are working on a collaborative project together. Um, mm-hmm. And then here is this opportunity to do a, a podcast. Now, we had numerous opportunities to say yes or no. Um, you know, because there's, you know, there's a lot of effort that goes into d- doing a podcast. There's all the time involved with recording it, editing it, you know, making websites. Yeah, it was a, it's a big commitment to make. So it wasn't like an inconsequential decision to make because you have to think of all the knock-on effects that happens on it. Um, but yeah, so it was just a, even in that little, you know, seemingly, uh, you know, ordinary-ish kind of thing, there's the hero's journey playing itself, um, you know, kind of out, I think, on that end. Um so if I move us along, you meet the mm-hmm. mentors. In The Matrix, uh, it was Morpheus. He's in that role of the wise old man. Um, you do have the wise old woman appears in there as the oracle as well. She's in there. She'll play in, mm-hmm. um, in movies two and three, an even bigger role uh, with Neo. But she does appear in this first one. In fact, um, you could almost argue that, you know, it was her that helped them to be who he was because Morpheus was so blinded by his other his own journey that he's on that you know he did discover the one and that he was really blinded by that and he was on that mission but it was her that that sowed the seed in his head to help him have belief in who he was absolutely she took um, the pressure off completely uh, um, I think she added more pressure no. She added well she added <laughs> she she added pressure because she said he wasn't the one. So, and that he was gonna have to make a decision between his life and Morpheus' life, which is a big thing to say. Either Morpheus dies or you dies, is basically what she said. And she says, sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but one of you are going to die. You that's not pressure to you? <laughs> well, I I yeah, so I think you can see it from both ways, yeah. I'm sure, with complexity. Um I think she takes the pressure off. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's my phone going in the background. It's a call to venture. It is the call to venture. It's actually, it was, oops, I managed to answer it by accident. Um, but it was actually the vets who, as we know, I've got to head towards afterwards. Um, so apologies for that coming in. So uh, I think she takes the pressure off. Pressure off of who? Uh, off Neo. Because actually, instead of him having to live up to being the one, she's just said, actually, you're not. At which point, okay, I get can you. So she, she, he, so she took, she diverted the pressure. She exactly. didn't take the pressure so take, off. Okay, so she, she diverted his attention from it because. But, then, you, but you know why? Listen, the why she do, and this is good. And this is good because this happens. Well, this happens to us as well. Like I yeah. was thinking about. Well, I was thinking about this today. You were because I'm read. I'm doing this, Joseph. Uh, silver mind control um, workshop I'm doing and um, it's you know it's about you know utilizing more of your brain basically to step more into power and but we very left brained so she was trying to break him from his left brained activity the analytical side the thinking side Mm -hmm. he was thinking too much about it and so he was tied into that that space and the right brain 
mm-hmm. the creative side. The creative side, where your power source is. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't connected to that. So, you know, even when they meet, she's like, oh, you don't believe in it. When you leave here, you're going to say, oh, I don't believe in any of that crap anyway. So she could tell that he was very left-brained. And until he could let go of the left brain, he wasn't going to be able to see his true power. So she kind of diverts his attention from this one thing because he was overthinking it and missing the thing that he needed to 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 see. So she sowed the seed to help him to step into his power by diverting it with another piece of pressure. So yes, you're going to either, he's dying or you're dying. <laughs> well, okay, so I think what she did um, in terms of, so she takes the pressure off. You're not the one. You've got nothing to live up to. Don't worry about it kind of thing. She also, in that conversation, uh, highlights that he's not too quick on the uptake. He's not too bright in terms of, as you say, that creative side, or I think the reference was actually to matters of the heart um, because he's he's just not aware at all that Trinity likes him whereas of course that was a seed that was sown very early on for us as viewers um and so she kind of puts that one in there and so that's why she had to make it super linear for him you know basically one of you has to you're gonna have to choose one of you has to die and that will help somebody who is completely left-brained logical make a clear decision so i would argue again (laughs) that that it wasn't linear because what she knew his character which is i don't like no i don't like being told what to do if you think back to when he first met morpheus yeah do you believe in fate no i don't i don't like the idea that someone else is in control of fate so if an oracle says you got to do left and you got to do right and if you think later on he's like well why do i have to be linear and he makes a whole nother choice. He makes a whole nother, he's like, no. And I think that's what she knew. She knew yeah, yeah. that he was a guy that doesn't like being told what to do, like me. <laughs> Don't like being yeah. told what to do. So the moment she gave him, you only have that choice and that choice, his natural thing was to rebel against that. So he didn't choose either one of those. Ah, he, okay. He chose neither. He's like, no, I'm and this is where that's what helped him on his belief it's like forget her she said this but that's not how i'm going to play this game and then he started relying on his own power then because he didn't want to do what he was told he had to do so i so she was she was a lot she was a wise old woman she's wise absolutely yeah she knew everything about him and so she could have told him and morpheus even says the thing about you know you can't, when the t- before he even takes the red pill and the blue pill, I can't, t- I, unfortunately, you can't be told. You have to be shown. Unfortunately, she, you know, Morpheus is telling him he's the one, but that doesn't make him believe he's the one. Yeah, yeah. So she took a different tact, which was tell him he's not the one and also tell him you got to do this or you got to do that, knowing that he would rebel against that and step into his own power, rely on himself, which he's been used to doing all of his life as a, you know, hacker do living in this room, but mm. we're getting too far deep into the rabbit hole. I know, of but it's the so matrix. So, um, so just to summarize that, yeah. to, to make it really clear, so yes, Morpheus is a type of mentor. He's one the of the mentors, isn't it? Yeah, is exactly. But the Oracle is a, is a whole different ball game mm. because she is right. I basically I know what this 
you know, I know everything about this individual and I know how to communicate with him to fully empower him. And that's what she did. And I think that's the role of all the mentors. If you think about, uh, I'm just thinking about the um, Clash of the Titans and he meets his, you know, whenever you meet the, the or even Yoda and Luke Skywalker, the Yoda, you know, he's the wise old man mentor in that movie. Uh, you do have Ben Kenobi, it probably plays that role too. So, and I think that's important to say there's a number of different mentors that could be in there, or you might argue further on, um, there's a stage in this where you meet your allies and enemies. So some of these are more allies than mentors. But again, Yoda for Luke Skywalker is, is that mentor. He's the person that's helping him come into his power, his true power, helping him to believe in itself a lot like what we do help people <laughs> to believe mm. in themselves isn't it everybody you know we always say from a sort of you know coaching point of view is that you have all the resources internal to yourself um to do what it is that you need to do but this role of mentor guide um helps you to get past the things that are kind of blocking you from stepping into your sort of power so here comes my favorite part of the hero's journey. I don't know why it's my favorite part. <laughs> it may be because I have a cool saying that goes with it, but it's the uh, crossing of the first threshold. And I sent you a nice little diagram because I think with this podcast, although it feels like we're started on the journey, I think we've only just got to the first threshold. Now what happens at the threshold is you meet some more of the uh, archetypical characters, which is the guardians at the gate. Um, and these guardians mm. take any number of forms. If we go back to the Matrix, he was talking about the agents and even says hey, they're the guardians, they're holding all the, they're guarding all the doors, they're holding all the keys, and you're going to have to face these guardians. Um, and then the world in which I kind of use this, the, that threshold. And a lot of people who, who hear the call, they've answered the call, but then they get to that threshold. And the thing that kills it a lot of times in our everyday life is fear, doubt, disbelief. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we never, I want to do this thing. I'm going, I'm doing the motions to go, but I come up against that threshold. The guardians at the gate are there. Fear, doubt, disbelief. Remember what Neo having to jump the cross that building he didn't believe therefore he couldn't do it and Luke Skywalker when uh, he's with Yoda and he's got to pull the spaceship out of the swamp and he goes he couldn't do it I can't do it then Yoda goes and do it and then Luke goes oh I can't believe it (coughs) and Yoda says that is why you failed (laughs) yeah yeah Um, so can I just clarify so you say guardians of the gate guardian of the gate yeah Guardian at the gate. So actually, they are they are guardians of the gate. They're not your guardians, no. as it were, from a, a directional point of view. They're trying to they stop are, you from going on the adventure. To stop you. Are you strong enough to kind of to 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 go through? Are you strong enough to decide you're going to make this happen? Yeah, absolutely. Are you going to do what you need to do to get past the guardians? So because then your true adventure begins once you get past the first threshold your true adventure begins now you're on what they call a road road of trials so here's where you're going to have all the tests you'll meet more allies you're going to meet your enemies people that are trying to thwart you from 
your goal, which in uh, Joseph Campbell's hero's journey uh, concept is this idea of the elixir. So you're on this hero's journey to get the elixir, um, this goal um, in it. So or do you do on the road, the road of trials or test, um, you're going to come into lots of different things are going to happen. You're going to be tested along the way. Um, and then hopefully you've got interventions from the gods and destiny and you know, all these other <laughs> allies that I was thinking about the Perseus story and Athena sends the, her, the owl to help him out. He gets the shield that's going to help him to defeat Medusa. So you have to look at it. So he's gotten all these um, help from the gods, you know, the allies that are giving him these tools. Um, Do you know, I, I was just about to say, I don't remember the Perseus story. And then I've suddenly just realised that Percy Jackson must be based on the Perseus story. Um, I'm sorry, that was just... Uh, yeah. that was the, Mother of well, boys. He has uh, he has his own movie as well, Clash of Titans. If you have not seen that, um, no, no, I haven't. Uh, but essentially, he had to he has to uh, slay Medusa. To okay. On this this quest, because that bit I remember, I think I think it's from Percy Jackson, but I I can't remember the whole story. But mm. anyway, I was just thinking Percy Perseus. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes it's really obvious when you you look at it from a different angle or giving yourself the space. Or right. The, sorry. So carry or the carry uni- on back universalness of this all as well in terms of the stories and and things like that that uh, we're rock up against. Um. So yeah. So. Lots of stuff happens on the road of trials. Um, And then comes another very distinct part of the hero's journey where all the allies in the world, all the mentors, everybody has done everything they can to get you ready to face your greatest challenge, which is yourself. Mm. Which I think is just cool. This is where you have to go into the innermost cave or the belly of the whale, it's sometimes called. Um, but the hero has to go completely alone. There's no more helpers. There's no more mentor. They're completely on their own, and they've got to face themselves, their own dragons, their own uh, demons. Like um, in the Empire Strikes Back, you know, Luke Skywalker has to go literally into the cave, and Yoda's like, "What's here?" Well, he asked Yoda, "What's in there?" And Yoda's like, "Only what you take with you." Mm. Um, of course he took his fear in there with him um so and i i love this stage um because you're having to face yourself do you have any recollections of any of your times where you've had to go into the belly of the whale and what did you learn inside the once you were in the cave yeah i have loads of uh recollections and Actually, you you just mentioned then in terms of, you know, Luke Skywalker Skywalker went into the cave and took his fear in with him. Um, And that, of course, links back with the fear coming up earlier on. And and that indicates even though there are 12 in the the pattern that we're following, the 12 distinct um, steps on the journey, actually, they still overlap. And just because you faced your fear with the guardians at the gate, your fear is still, you know, or whatever, can still be there, will still come up. Um, and it'll come up through your tests. And it, then, mm-hmm. you know, if you haven't cleared it, it will still be there. And yeah, so the innermost cave, um, in terms of what to, to pick to share, to be honest, there's just 
so many. Um, I, and actually, well, I'll, I'll share kind of what's happening recently. So, you know, partly with the podcast, I'm um, evolving my business. I know you are too. Um, and before we decided to do the podcast, I was doing a, a really deep and thorough review of the work that I do and what I offer. And actually, you know, this innermost cave, when we first started talking about the podcast, if you remember, actually, that was the phase I was in. I was still very much in my cave, working through things. And as such, in a way, was quite, um, you could use the term fragile, but, but probably vulnerable. And so I had to be sure that I was making the decision to do the podcast with you from if I say from the right place or from what, the right what was the, the demon or dragon that you had to slay in order to make the decision so if you think of the innermost cave is where you go to face yourself yourself mm. becomes your enemy in a sense what any particular dragons that you had to slay when you're in that cave so it's not a cave to go and meditate in <laughs> No, exactly. It's, a, it's, it's it is. It's that to, reflection and then face, working through and progress. Face your greatest thing that's holding you back. If I think about it in the uh, coaching mentor term, what's the thing that's holding you back? So probably the greatest thing that's holding me back or was holding me back was can I still be the mother to my children? You know, I know they're both teenagers, but um, you know, they still have needs and particularly, obviously, well, they, they, they both have their own particular needs. Um, and so can I still be the mother that they need at this point? And can I still be the wife that I want to be and my husband wants me to be and evolve my work? Yeah, you know what you're making me think of? Because I'm just thinking, man, you've got another heroine's journey you're going to have to take. Because <laughs> remember, in, I'm layering this. I'm doing loads all at once. <laughs> when are you gonna let? When you have to let go of the boys? Oh, yeah. well, I know frankly, it's tough for moms, isn't it? Do you know what the beautiful thing about having? Oh, sorry, one of the many beautiful things about having a child with special needs is that is going to be something I don't have to face right now. So, <laughs> yeah, but I'm just listening even I into know, your words I know, I know. now, and I'm thinking, man, she's gonna, she's gonna have a. Uh, you're gonna yeah you're gonna it's gonna be interesting yeah, no. to watch you go through that process of <laughs> having to let them go so that they can go on their own adventures without mom well i'm already doing that mm. with both of them i mean one of the things that we've always approached uh our parenting styles or our parenting style has always been about helping them to grow independence but but still be connected and yes, it's different. And you're absolutely right. And yes, I know that I'm going to have to face that. Yeah. But well, I don't have to just yet. So let's move on. Yeah, see, there you <laughs> go. I just like it. See, <laughs> even now, it's like, oh, no. I'll tell yeah. you when it, it became real for us. University, they're still kind of dependent and stuff on you, aren't they? It was when um, I think each of them booked their own holiday. One, they <gasps> don't want to go on holiday with you again. No, I'm not coming, even if you're paying for it. And the second one was them booking their own holiday in, like, I think Devin went to Thailand or wherever, you know. Oh, my word. You know, it's like a, you know, and pay for it, you know, his own money, you know. So a completely independent thing. It wasn't like, here, we'll fly you out there. It was him getting his own cash, you know, wasn't asking if he could go to Thailand. It's like, oh, yeah, 
I'm off to Thailand for however long. Um, and then Brittany is the same. It's like, yep, I'm off to, I guess she went to Amsterdam, Europe, somewhere. Um, but that's the when they're, I guess for me, the big realization is like they're their own person now to make their own yeah. decisions, that they're responsible for their own lives um, and things like that. So completely know, well, that's when my realization was, you know, that's it. I've done all that I can do. They are their own now. But also to get out of the way, like I've had to make some um, distinct things like, because Brittany, you know, she's back at home. Um, but there was, it, was, it could be quite easy to slide into, and especially being the kind of role that we do, coaching, helping, all of that, um, where you want to help. Um, but then I had a real, we had a little bit of a meltdown because I mm-hmm. offered some advice and she didn't want to do it. But then she was thinking, you know, well, now my life is ruined if I don't do what you do. That kind of meltdown. And I yeah. thought, you know what? I'm not, unless she specifically asks a specific question, I'm not interfering. I'm not going to offer any advice again unless she absolutely comes and say do. Because she has to get to that point where she's absolutely making her own, just for good or bad. Um, and some of the things, you know, decisions she's making, I'm thinking, oh. And you could see the bad end of that with what she's doing. But it's like, you know what? I ain't even saying nothing because she has to get the experience. She's got to do it. She's got to make it. Um, and yeah. So, you know, being able to having to step back and say, even though I could, you know, that I know, I could see a, a you know, something that's a better space for, or that, you know, the, there's actually quite a lot of negative consequences for doing this thing. It's just got to let them go for it man gotta let them fall down Indeed. Uh, yeah. the key thing is and I know we do need to move on um but the key thing is of course is being able to step back and still be connected so that they know that they can come to you you know <laughs> when it all goes horribly wrong um and I I laugh as I'm saying all of that and you'll hear this on the recording but unfortunately as you were sharing that uh, a helicopter was going by overhead and it must have been the slowest helicopter ever because it lasted for the whole of you sharing that. But it did make me smile because, of course, as coaches, one of the things that we help people do is rise up and look at things essentially from a helicopter view because, of course, of you. you see so much more. So that was a real sound effect mm. in real time. Right. right. We so, have got yeah, well, less than 10 minutes, uh, just well, so you know. Well, it'll, it'll, <laughs> we won't be able to cover it all in 10 minutes, but... Um, so if we look at the next part of the the journey, then here comes the big uh the big battle, the big clash, the big ordeal. So this is where the good guy meets the bad guy and they kind of get ready to duke this thing out. This is the big clash. Um and if the hero lives or the heroine lives through that, then they get the reward or this elixir um that they've come seeking, whether it was the sword of this or the book of knowledge or whatever the elixir was for this particular um, adventure. Now, here's the thing that's interesting that I always find in any of these journeys is, and a lot of people forget this, is you get the reward, but you got to make it back. You got to make it back to the ordinary world. So you've stepped into this unknown, this unreal world on this adventure you get your elixir, you get the reward, but now you've got to make it back. Now, 
Joseph Travel in his book says that this becomes its own trial in a sense because not every hero makes it back. Some get seduced by the otherworldliness. Some get seduced by all the magic and stuff that's happened in this space, and they don't make it back. So mm-hmm. your so your journey isn't over until you get back to the ordinary world and bring the elixir back with you and how you then change the rest of the world around you. So I think this hero's journey also has that aspect that, you know, you go off on this quest, get the elixir, and then what are you going to do with it when you bring it back? How do you change the world for the better once you come back to the ordinary world? How are you going to make the world around you better? But I think that's always, for me, always the part that gets missed is that you have to make it back and think about even in life with your goals you know a lot of times you know one of the exercises i do this whole um you know um ecology check so if you get your goal what's going to change and not just with you but how's it going to affect all the people around you as well so you know considering you've got the goal or reached the goal i've got to the top of the mountain there's always that question of, well, now what? <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, so it's it's. Uh, I think that's an interesting part for me in the a hero's journey. This this idea of the return and making it back to the ordinary world, and how are you going to change the role when you kind of get back to yourself? So we go back to the matrix, and you know, he finally believes in himself. That was the whole of his journey. Was to actually, I am what they call himself the one or not, but he came into his power and he could see the matrix for what it was and he was no longer... There's lots of sort of, you know, Christ-like stuff going on in there. Even when they when they picked him out mm. of the pods, he was in that Christ position. He died, got resurrected, which is part of the hero's journey as well. One of the stages in there is oftentimes there's the resurrection. So it literally happened in, in the Neo one, didn't he? He gets killed and he's actually dead, but then gets resurrected through love brings him back that's very christian thing kind of thing as well isn't it and that love love brought brings him back and he's a changed person he's got all these newfound powers now and the power comes from his belief in self and i from a personal standpoint one of the things i like about going on my own hero's quests or hero's journeys is there's a perpetual thing for me is how do i um, grow into my true power. Mm. And then where, you know, you're doing these extraordinary things. Why well, I always have this attraction to like Taoism and martial arts and those kind of things. When you look at some of the Taoist wizards and masters and martial arts masters and the things that they're able to do because of the self-mastery and mastering the mind and, um, throwing away the doubt, disbelief, and all of that kind of stuff. And one of my favorite quotes out of the Bible was, you know, if you had the faith of the mustard seed, you could move mountains. Because think about that. Think about if you, because, and I know people who are in a lot of attraction, you know, maybe that same kind of force has gone on there where you don't get the thing that you want because actually, do you really believe or are you just saying the words, uh, but mm. you don't? Because if you have the slightest tiny bit of doubt then it destroys the whole or whatever it is you're trying you won't get what you want if you have that tiny bit of doubt so you have to have that much 
your faith has to be that strong that there's absolutely no doubt. You know, being mm-hmm. able to walk on water, you know, when they mm-hmm. had that whole sort of biblical scene there where, you know, they didn't realize they were walking on water. Then when they seen it, then they all start panicking. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. But it was just because the whole mind thing. And that's, that's a, I guess that's a perpetual journey I'm on. It's like, how, how do I get my mind to that place where I have a hundred, ten thousand percent belief that, and I then truly step into my sort of power. Well, I will share my uh, sort of those last two stages and how it relates into my life. Um, And then we're going to wrap up. Mm. (laughs) So uh, the sort of the the innermost cave, the ordeal, the reward, that's all that kind of where things really come together, where the transformation happens. And then, as you say, it's that hero's return. And the the last three stages of the hero's return, finding the, the road back, whether it's the resurrection, I I, I haven't found a, a phrase for that that I'm really happy with, but then the return of the elixir. So you mentioned about getting lost essentially in the stage of transformation. And and it could be that you're so taken with it in a positive sense. So um I do, you know, I I, I know a lot of people who are very spiritual and sometimes spirituality can take over so there's a lack of groundedness and people can get lost there at that point but in terms of my personal kind of major share really actually this is comes back to me being a mother and 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 a mother and I do mention the fact that I have a child with special needs so I am a carer as well so my whole identity was completely wrapped up or, you know, in being a mum and a carer. And therefore, I did get lost in that stage for quite a while. And, you know, I wasn't working with um, either the people that I wanted to or playing the roles I wanted to because I you know, at various points, you do, you, you know, doubt comes up or the fear comes up. Will I be good enough? The rest of the world's carried on for, you know, 17 years whilst I've been growing a child kind of thing. Um, do I fit in? Am I, do I genuinely have anything to bring back? And of course, you know, we and I have been talking about this in some depth, but that then is where the wisdom experience is born out of, because actually I could have stayed in that transformation stage and life was all right there you know and I kind of made it from day to day but actually from a a returning into the real world and sharing something that is of value and reaches more people that's exactly what we're doing here with the wisdom experience podcast so what what is that your hero's journey that you're on now? What's your what hero's journey are you on at present that you're going through? Uh, I'm just having a little pause, if that's all right, because yeah. I've been working really hard on it for a while. So um, so at the moment, I am just well. We I, the, the hero's journey for me at the moment is actually is making this podcast as interesting as it can be. Is finding my voice because obviously you're a lot more used to podcasting than than I am and really sharing that so that people get what they need from it so whether it is just listening into a conversation that's uh makes the you know the brain work a little bit harder 
or whether it's actually that people go away and do some of their own research or start to um, start to apply this to their own lives in whatever way. You know, that that's really, at the moment, this is my hero's journey. This is, uh, you know, I have such belief in what we're doing. Um, I, I want to share it. And, and yeah, and, and so that, that's, yeah, cool. <laughs> I've gone a little shy now. <laughs> No, that's right. I'm just thinking we still have to deal with my diagram that I sent to you, but we can do that offline because I yes. I think that we are only at the threshold. I but, think you're right. I, I think, think we're only we, at the threshold. We've, We've not... just gone over the hour. Can hmm. we call it uh, an episode then? Because I think people value that. Um, are we allowed to do that? Is that okay? To do what? To, to to say thank you very much for listening to us today. So and you could do whatever you like. Okay. So podcast, come and join us in well, Facebook. Well, let, let, let's um, let me just oh, sort of it. just sort of sort of summarize here. So okay, yeah, sorry, I forgot about yeah. that bit. <laughs> I mean, you're in such a rush to get. That's another thing you have to learn about conversational podcasts. Is there's <laughs> there's no there's no rush. Don't rush. Don't rush my conversation, woman. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> So Hero's Journey and just kind of wrapping up a couple of things. One, I think it's a great um, tool for thinking about your own life, your own experiences. And I guess I would challenge listeners to think about your various Hero's Journeys that you're on. And I kind of think they can be um, kind of, what do they call them, meta, that you could be in a journey, in a journey, inside of a journey. Um, so you might be on a big mm, Hero's like Journey. Yeah, you're on a big one. Absolutely. Um, a big life hero's journey that you're on but then there's smaller ones within that that you might be taking so i guess my my challenge to the listeners would be to you know take a pause to think about what hero's journey that you're going on and can you recognize the steps can you wreck have you had any recent call to adventures mm. and are you answering the call or are you refusing the call and i think there's worth examining you know what's preventing you from answering the call um are you stuck in your ordinary world but you can hear the herald calling you you can hear the trumpet saying hey it's time to go you can hear the knock at the door but you're afraid to open the door or answer the door at any rate and so i would challenge you to do that and then if you do answer the call and then just notice one you know pay attention to mentors and the mentors can take any form it might be this podcast you know in just this mm -hmm. form or what we've just done here acting as a as a mentor in the stage or there might be other helpers around you that can help you but then that bit where we're talking about crossing the threshold who are the mm -hmm. guardians at your gates and i think these guys come you know and they'll take on they'll take on the thing that you're probably most scared of in answering your call, whether that's fear, doubt, disbelief, whether I don't have the resources. I mean, they can take any form. So just be aware of that thing or things that are stopping you from actually going on the journey properly and going for the trials and the, the yeah, going through that whole bit. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that would be my challenge is just to, Bring this alive in, in your in your life just to see um, where you are. Some resources you can do. I mean, just Google the hero's journey 
uh, and a ton of resources to come. But if you're interested in the book itself, like the man himself, the source, uh, Joseph Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces is the book or The Power of Myths. I think he talks a lot about it in that. And um, There's actually a more accessible version. Um, let me just look here real quick. Well, whilst Clay's looking for that, what I would say is in Facebook, we've got a private Facebook group, um, which is just for people that listen to the podcast who actually want to join in the conversation. Uh, and really, we love you to be there. Um, so come over. Tell us, you know, tell us where you think your call to adventure has come from. Tell us, you know, if you're refusing the call and kind of a why you think that is. You know, let's have an interesting conversation over in the group and give us feedback on the podcast. You know, as we've said, this is still very much a journey for us working together. So we'd love you to join in and, and to contribute via the group. Decide whether you're going to be an ally or enemy or a friend. <laughs> um, there's this book, uh, Reflections on the Art of Living. Um, that's the one that it's a, it's a, it's got us. It's a Joseph Campbell it's a companion. It's monk, isn't it? Uh, oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, know. I'm just saying a more accessible version to A Hero of ah. a Thousand Faces is called The Reflections on the Art of Living. It kind of does what we're kind of doing here is making it come alive for you in your life now, whereas The Hero of a Thousand Faces is very much centered on, you know, a lot of the varying different myths across different um, cultures that make up the biggest stories. I think there's reflections on the art of living um, really brings it into a, a space that you can work with on a, on a sort of daily basis. So we'll definitely check that out. And it's by, um, it's edited by a lady named Diane Osborne. So that's cool. Brilliant. Anyway, that's all um, that I have today, I think. Um, and it's been great to go on this particular conversation journey. I know we went a bit crazy with the Matrix <laughs> thing. <laughs> so, yeah, that was good. That was interesting, um, the whole sort of Matrix. Oh, yeah, that's the last thing I'll say is watch. When you look at your next movie or television program, but movie particularly, um, see if you can follow the stages of the hero's journey in the movie as it's playing itself out. That'll help you to mm, get to grips with yeah. Um, with the model itself as well. Okay, I think that's us. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, as ever, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, then please let us know, but um, let other people know about it as well, you know. Do share it. And, um, yes, we'll, well speak to you again next week. That's an important point there, is if you want to help this fledgling show <laughs> um go then t the ways you can help us is one liking uh and rating us on facebook spotify wherever you listen to your podcasts i'm saying pod apple just because huge reach there anyway rate it uh the other thing would be share it would be another way to support and you know in the show notes we have affiliate links to amazon um, doesn't cost you anything, helps us out because we get a small commission on whatever you sort of buy. You don't even have to buy the thing that we are affiliate linking to. It's like anything you purchase. But if you're going to be buying something from Amazon anyway, use one of our links to get there. Um, and then we can use that money to pour back into the podcast. 
Anyway, that's enough of that kind of stuff. <laughs> Let's go and get on with our hero's journey. That would be a journey. hero's journey for us around money, would it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Bye. Bye.